You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul touches on the importance of the author's purposeful use of the word Adam in some places and the words Ha-Adam elsewhere. The various connections between biblical words, he explains, hinge not on philosophical premises, but the author's use of these terms within the flow of the narrative. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. There is a clear link through the phraseology. There is a phraseology at the beginning of chapter 5 that repeats something we already heard at the beginning in chapter 1. So clearly the authors are intentionally linking these two Toledot, and the link is through, obviously, Adam or Ha-Adam, I'll come back to this, that are already mentioned in 26 to 27. So let me go to 26 and 27 and see what chapter 5 is trying to say. Basically, beginning with chapter 5, we have a concentration on the humankind, the human element of Genesis 1. Repeatedly, I have said that God's interest is ultimately in the nations, but in the nations as scattered, spread like flocks throughout the earth. We shall see this in chapter 10. But beyond the nations, God is interested in the entirety of the world, which is the earth, the land, the Adama, and the animal kingdom, and the human being. But since scripture in its totality is addressed to humans, I mean, you have human words that only humans can understand and not the animals, much less the vegetation. So technically, the addressees are, if you like, the Adamic facet within the entire creation. But what happens, I'm stressing this because unfortunately, theology was built on Greek philosophy that is basically anthropocentric. So the human being is the center of the universe. You don't even hear about God too much. It is mainly the fact that 
the human being is called to become God and theosis and purification and sanctification. And that, unfortunately, is against the grain of scripture, as I shall try to show. That beginning with chapter 5, we have the story of the humans. The animals and the vegetation are, if you like, still there, but the addressee, I'm underscoring the fact that the addressees are the humans. Now, in chapter 5, we have the Toledot of Adam which is the particular individual called Adam, which started already two verses earlier. Remember when I said that at the end of chapter 4, we hear that Adam knew his wife. In contrast with 4.1, where we have, and Ha'adam knew Eve, his wife. So we have a concentration on the individual Adam because precisely at this point it is his genealogical tree, his Toledot. But I need to go back to 26 and 27 of chapter 1 to have the hearer hear the interconnection. We have both Adam and Ha'adam in Genesis 1, but within the Toledot of the heavens and the earth. And here we have Adam in conjunction with the first creation. Let me go to the text. We hear then God said, let us make man in our image. Very interestingly, and I discussed this at that point, the first mention of the man is as Adam, not Ha-Adam. Although beginning with 27, we have Ha-Adam all over the place until the end of chapter 4, where we go back to Adam. Now, the author in 26 could have said, let us make Ha'adam in our image, because in the following verse we hear, and God created Ha'adam in his own image. So he could have done that. But by using Adam, which means man also in general, but he is preparing for its use as individual later. So the interconnection, again, you know, my trouble with theology that it's too philosophical. They assume a reality that is in their mind and then they throw it into the text. Here I'm trying to pull my hearers to make the effort to hear the text as it stands and accept what the author is trying to tell them through the text. But you know what we do in theology. We assume that the prophets and the apostles and we are theologians. 
And already we have the same premise in our mind, and that is catastrophic because then you can say whatever you want. If you have a Lutheran, if you have a Methodist, if you have an Orthodox, if you have together, they have their premise and their clash all the time. But let's try to submit to the text. So we hear in 126, then God said, let us make Adam in our image after our likeness. And then in 27, and God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Let's keep this in our ears, if not mind, and then listen to 5, 1 through 5. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created Adam, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them. And he blessed them and named them Adam. Again, we see that we don't have any more the mention of Ha'adam when they were created. So Eve clearly is like Adam. That is why she is a human being, because she came out of his rib, as we discussed. And then when Adam had lived 130 years. Now, this connection is definitely very important because we have all the elements that we had heard of that were present in Genesis 1. So interconnection is clearly textual. Forget about a philosophical premise. We all know that all humans are mortal and so on. And no, no, we're just listening to the text. Now, given all that, we have a striking addition, if I may call it so, in 5.1 which is not to be found before or after. Usually we have elle, which is a plural, these. Elle toledot, and then something after it, which means these are the toledot, the generations. Remember that toledot is a feminine plural in Hebrew. So we need the plural demonstrative pronoun, elle. Now we have this in chapter two, and we have this later with Noah and the three sons of Noah and Shem and Terah and so on and so forth. But in 5.1, we have, this is the book of the Toledot of Adam. Ze sefer. Ze is a singular demonstrative pronoun. So the author is trying to tell us something more that now we are beginning a new book, which is a new chapter. There is a leap to a completely different situation. Not that we are dealing with new entities but we are concentrating 
on one of the entities that appeared in Genesis. So it's a literary pull to have the hearer be attentive to the fact that here we are turning the page, turning the leaf, turning the chapter. Technically, we are beginning another book. That tells me that when you take this into consideration, then you realize that chapters one through four is technically a totality, full in itself. I mean, the rest of the Bible helps you to understand it, but if you are able to understand it by itself, it's the total message of Scripture. And here the author is saying, let me explicate in more detail the message. And again, when we say message, we have to remember that the addressee is the human being. And notice how the link is made by the usage of words that were used before. So we hear that this is the book of the Toledot of Adam on the day of God's creating or having created Adam in the likeness of God. I mean, you can't beat that. It's very clearly a repetition of what we had heard in Genesis 1. So we are not moving to a following time, but we are moving to a following perspective. That is to say that this Adam is technically the Adam that was already mentioned in chapter 1. And here, an aside again, you know, anti-theological asides are very important in my teaching, that we have God having created man in the likeness. You don't have the image, at least in this verse. And that goes against the classical division, especially in Orthodox theology, between image and likeness. That image is already there in the human being, but the likeness the human being has to acquire through an effort to become indeed like God. I mean, this is silly, egocentric mysticism, Buddhism or whatever you may call it, because in Hebrew, when you use two words that have similar meanings, you are intending the stress, the indeedness of the matter. I remember how once in the classroom we were reading Ezekiel, and at one point he mentioned ire and wrath, ire and wrath. And his students asked me, is there any difference between ire and wrath? And I had to say that, no, there is no difference. It's two words. You can find them independently in the Bible, but also together. The together, as I explained in the book, is that it is indeed so. Selim 
is from Erud, that means shadow, and thus the projection is like a shadow, an image that is a shadow. And Dumut, as I explained, it is from Erud, that means to make a toy. In Arabic until now, Dumyat means a toy. Okay, it's you create something. Okay, you make with your hands, whereas the other is a projection, and thus we have the same meaning. And the fact that the author had this in mind will be found in verse 3, where he uses both. He says, after his own likeness and after his image. And again, to show my hearers that there is no difference between the two, in Chapter 1, we have image followed by likeness, but in 5, verse 3, we have likeness followed by image. So to play on what is before and after the one is given and the other we earn for or we acquire it and so on, is just, you know, fantasies. I call it philosophical, theological acrobasies. You know. So let's not lose too much time on these things. And hear these verses from this perspective that the author is re-putting you in Genesis 1 the way he did earlier when in Genesis 2 he re-puts you in Genesis 1. So technically the creation is in chapter 1. But in 2 to 4, he was going in a certain direction. The move from inside the garden to outside the garden. And now he's going to speak about this humanity, humankind, totally outside the garden. And that is a new chapter that opens the rest of scripture. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.